Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. children you must make yourself remember remember what peter don't you know who you are have to fly have to fight have to crow have to save maggie have to save jack okay he's back who Where are we going? To Never Never Land. Where? I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema. I am your host Jimbo, joined once again by my good friend and colleague. The good old Kyle. Kyle Zayner is back in the house. Uh, today we'll be discussing episode 75, Hook, the great Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Hook. But before we get started, Kyle. Okay. We're going down the question rabbit hole. Oh no, here we go again. Which, I didn't do simple ones like, what's your favorite this guy's movie or what's your favorite that guy's movie. We oh, went, man. We went deep. Coming for a sucker punch. Here we go. Are you ready for this one? Okay, Kyle, maybe. Let's find out. If you were missing a hand, <laughs> what would your attachment be? That's a butt scratcher. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a little stick with a toilet roll, roll around it. 
wow. Just, a crumpy but but would, would it be over the top or underneath? Which way would your toilet I, I, paper I, I, be on? For one-handed me. <laughs> I would say mine would probably be like a spoon. <laughs> just like spoon, a shovel yeah. in the food <laughs> or a shovel. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, would you uh, like to fly or swim underwater for long periods of time without breathing? Or no? Oh, definitely fly. Definitely fly. I mean, swimming sounds dangerous. <laughs> All right, swimming underwater, like in general, like you know, other fish can come at you and you don't even see them coming. That sounds bad. And also, like, water gets slimy. We pollute our oceans all the time. Mother Nature is awful. Flying in the air, though... Relatively free from all the other plane. Yeah, well, you're not gonna like. I'm not gonna fly that high because it's cold up there. So you get like you know a few hundred feet up, just cruise around, do whatever I want. I can see anything coming at me. I'm good. And so I fly. Last but not least, Kyle. Uh huh. In the famous food fight scene in this movie, what would be your first thing you grab to throw during this food fight? Drumstick, easily. You know, <laughs> it's got that mass on top, so you can kind of like you can throw it like a throwing knife, <laughs> like yeah, a just tiny like, star, you know, yeah, like a throwing star, and just like whack somebody in the head with a piece of meat and just slap them. <laughs> oh, get their attention immediately. Oh, that's great. Get <laughs> the cartilage and the slime. Yeah, it's it'd be slimy. It's good. It's good. I like it. Uh, all right, Kyle. So let's go ahead and take away Hook. Okay, Hook. Released on December 11th, 1991. Directed by the good old Steven Spielberg. May have heard of him. Like Jurassic Park and many other films. And uh, kind of a big name in the whole Hollywood gambit. E.T. and all that kind of stuff. If you haven't heard. Um, writers. Um, of course, we have J.M. Barry who wrote the original books. We have James V. Hart, who wrote the screen story. And then we have Nick Castle, also possible writer for, uh, also writer for the screen story. And Malia Sach Marmo. <laughs> wow, that's a pronunciation I'm going to mess up. And then we have producers. We have Kathleen Kennedy, now in charge of the Star Wars franchise. Mm-hmm. Then we have Frank Marshall and Gerard R. Mullen. Next up, we have composer for the series. We have John Williams, classic composer. You can definitely tell in this movie. This movie has all the John Williams tropes in it. Definitely like up there with like Star Wars and everything like that. <laughs> everything else is made Indiana Jones and... John Williams, legendary. Um, cinematography, we have Dean Kunde, and then editor, we have Michael Caine. Casting directors, we have Janet Hurchison, uh, Michael Hurchison, Jane Jenkins, and production general, we have Norman Garwood. Going forward, we have the budget for the film, which was uh, $70 million for 1991. Um, that equivalent today would be about $140 million. For the opening weekends, we have a hugely worrying for the producers, I'm sure, of only $13.5 million, which would be the equivalent of about, uh, about um, $28 million today, roughly, maybe a little bit less. Um, but luckily, it made it up in the gross worldwide, uh, in the, with gross in the U.S. and Canada, when we got to $119 million. So more than covered the production and uh, the production budget and the marketing costs, I'm sure, with that, the U.S. and Canada at $120 million, which, of course, worked up to like $240 million today. And gross worldwide, we have our overwhelming uh, $300.8 million, which would be the equivalent of about $600 million of cash today. So uh, definitely... Succeeded in the long run if it uh, didn't kind of, uh, you know, kind of catch some worrying, worryingly small numbers movie wise in the early opening weekend. Next up, we have the technical details. We're going to the runtime, which is 142 minutes long. The sound mix is a 70 millimeter six track and 77 millimeter prints. Dolby surround sound, we have 35 millimeter prints. 
Um, SDD, 35mm prints, and Dolby Atmos. Color info, we have color. Um, aspect ratio, we have 2.39 by 1. Next up, we have cameras. We have the Panavision Panaflex Gold, Panavision Primo, and the Panavision Panaflex Platinum, and the Panavision Primo, and the C- and E- series lenses. The Panavision Panaflex Gold 2 and the Panavision C and E series lenses. Next up, we have the Lux um, uh, Laboratory, which was produced at the Lux Hollywood, California, in the US of A. Negative format was 35 millimeters. And the process was digital intermediate 4K and the uh, for the 2018 remaster. And Panavision anamorph anamorph anamorphic lens. <laughs> and the printed format was 35 millimeters uh, for Eastman 5384. And the 70mm blow up. For the Eastman, for the Eastman five three eight four. Moving forward, we have the awards. This one had quite a few, didn't it? Very lengthy awards. That is correct, good sir. So let me move on here. We have it nominated for five Oscar awards and another seven wins and seventeen nominations. So let's go forward here with all these awards filled up. Got to channel my Aaron Terrence and try not to butcher it all. We have the International Film Critic Awards, the IFMCA for short. It was nominated for the Best Archival Release of an Existing Score, um, just nominated. Um, in 2012, it was nominated for the 2020 Awards um, for Best Makeup. In 2012, it was never, it was um, at the Gold Spirit Awards. It won the Gold Spirit Award for Best Edition of an Existing Score. And Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films in the USA. It was nominated for the Saturn Award for Best Fantasy Film. And the 1993 Grammy Awards, it was nominated for the Best Instrumental Composition Written by for a Motion Picture on for Television um, for John Williams, which was nominated. In 1993, it was nominated for the Young Artist Award for Best Young Actor Co-Starring in a Motion Picture for Charlie Crismo. Um, also nominated for um, Dante Basco for playing Rufio. <laughs> um, and... Also won Artist Award for Best Family Motion Pencer. And nominated for Young Artist Award for the Best Actor Under 10 in a Motion Pencer. And that was a that was a um, Russian Hammond. And nominated Best Young Actress Young Young Actress Under 10 for Motion Pencer by for Amber Scott, who made her film debut for this film. Next up we have the 1992 Academy Awards. Um, nominated uh, for the Oscar for the Best Costume Design. Also nominated for the best art direction set, um, best best art direction set decoration. There we go. Um, that applied to Garrett Lewis and Norman Garwood. Next up, we have a nominated Oscar for best original music um, for Lizzie Wheat and John Williams. Um, nominated for best effects and visual effects for uh, Harley Jessup, Eric Brevin, and Mark Sullivan. Next up, we have nominated for best uh, best makeup. And going forward, we have do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, filtering through the papers here, finding all the things. Don't know where that paper went. <laughs> is that it up here at the top? I believe... Nope, that's not right right there. Oh, right here. Is this it? That could be... That is it right there. Yes, it is. Good, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you, Jimbo. You come in handy sometimes. The American Society of Cinematographers in the U.S. of A. Um, nominated for Outstanding Achievement in Cinematography and Theatrical Release. In 1990 film, it won the BMI, the BMI Film Music Award for John Williams. 
1992, it was nominated for the Most Promising Actor Award for Charlie Corsimo, and that's by the Chicago Film Critics Association Awards. In 1992, Golden Globes USA, it was nominated for a Golden Globe um, Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Comedy, and, or Musical for Dustin Hoffman. In 1992, it was um, it won the Golden Screen um, Award in Germany. In 1992, it won the Kids' Choice Awards in the U.S. of A. for um, the Blimp Award for Favorite Movie Actor, Robin Williams. In 1992, it was unfortunately nominated for a Razzie Award for Worst Supporting oh, Actress, that's Julia the, Roberts. That is the worst. The Razzies have... Popped her ugly head up it's once a, again. It's, it's, a, it's an infamous, you know. Uh, and we'll find out why she right. was. Yeah, we definitely uh, have some movie trivia about that. <laughs> <laughs> in 1991, we have the awards, Secretary Community Awards for Best Visual Effects, Best Production Design. Um, it won the Best Costume Design, and it was nominated for the Best Original Score and Best Stunt Ensemble and Best Makeup and Hair Styling. And that concludes the awards for Hook, 1991. Moving on, we have the cast of the movie. And we go on to the legendary Ron Williams playing Peter Banning. Also, Peter Pan slash Peter Fan. Um, of course, you know Ron Williams from a whole lot of movies. Um, especially movies like Good Morning Vietnam, Good Will Hunting, One Hour Photo, Jumanji, Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfighter, Pat, Patch Adams. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Ron Williams is one of the legendary actors of our generation and is sorely missed today. Um, truly love him in the role and, uh, you know, miss him dearly. Next up, we have Dustin Hoffman playing Captain James Hook, which caught me by surprise. I did not recognize him at all in this role. <laughs> the makeup was perfect. His performance was perfect. I was fully immersed in believing that this was just Captain James Hook. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, you'll recognize Dustin Hoffman from movies like The Graduate, um, Rain Man. Uh, yeah, he was Master Shifu in the Kung Fu Panda trilogy. Um, he was also in the movie um, Outbreak in 1995, which is getting a lot of reruns in the past couple years. I don't know why. And, <laughs> no, uh, no, that's real life, Kyle. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, no. <laughs> and next up, we have the infamous Julia Roberts for this film. I'm playing Tinkerbell. Um, you'll recognize Julia Roberts in films like Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman. Pretty Ruby. Pretty Ruby. <laughs> okay. Pretty Women. Woman. <laughs> woman. Pretty Woman. There you go. Not Pretty okay. Women. <laughs> uh, Aaron Brockovich. My Best Friend's Wedding. And Notting Hill. Next up, we have also the legendary Bob Hoskins playing Smee. Um, you'll recognize him, from, of course, from movies like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. The Super Mario Brothers movie, <laughs> and The Long Good Friday. <laughs> Next up, we have the legendary Maggie Smith playing Granny Wendy. Um, you'll, of course, recognize her from as Professor McGonagall in the Harry Potter series, and movies like The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, and A Room with a View. Next up, we have Dante Basco playing Rufio, Rufio, Rufio. So the funny thing about him is uh, Kyle and I just went to Indiana Comic Con uh, what was it, October 15th through the 17th, and Rufio was there signing autographs, and his right. lines were long. Yeah, exactly. Yes, he had, I mean, he had quite the crowd around him. Too much for me to actually step in there and wait the entire time, but I wish I could have seen him. Um, yes, and of course, Donnie Bosco, um, best known for his role as a voice actor, uh, perhaps best known for his role as a voice actor for Zuko, um, 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 Zuko in the Avatar Last Airbender series, and this film, as well as a few other additional voice roles for additional cartoon work. Next up, we have Caroline Godal playing uh, Moira, Bur- Moira Moira Banning, um, Peter Banning's wife. Um, she was also in movies, um, also in Spielberg Fist, such as uh, Schindler's List, 
Other movies include Cliffhanger, Disclosure, and most recently appeared in The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. <laughs> Next up, we have Charlie Cosmo playing Jack Bunning, uh, Jack Banning, or Jackie. Um, he appeared in movies like What About Bob, Dick Tracy, and Can't Hardly Wait. Dick Tracy, great movie. Dick Tracy, fantastic movie. And What About Bob? Excellent, Excellent. movie. Yep. <laughs> Next up, we have Amber Scott, who made her film debut as Maggie Banning. This is actually her only film appearance, but she was also a voice actor in the TV documentary American Experience just a few years ago. Hmm. Next up, we have, uh, lastly, we have uh, Laura Conan playing Lizza, um, Wendy's housekeeper and slash Wendy's housekeeper. You'll recognize her from movies such as uh, Beethoven, 1992, and A League of Their Own, and also um, the 1992 house movie, um, House Sitter. And that is the cast for Hook. Excellent job, Kyle. Excellent job. A lot of talking there. Yeah, I was going to say, you all right? <laughs> I can breathe. We're good. Um, all right, Kyle. Give me the synopsis of Hook. Synopsis of Hook? I like these because it's just totally Kyle's world when he starts talking on these. He like, has I, no I, notes I, on this. It's like I have no idea what a synopsis though, really is. Even though I've told him this every single time. Every, <laughs> he asks the question, and I'm like, I have no idea how to answer this question. Yeah, but anyways. Uh, this uh, one should be pretty easy. Yeah, yeah a, a businessman's uh, kids get kidnapped, and then he realizes he has to go to Never Never Land and rediscover his um, childhood as Peter Pan to save the day from, save his kids from Captain Hook. Yeah, well, Captain Hook kidnaps his kids to get him to come back for one final battle, I would say. Great, great movie. Um, If you're a big Peter Pan fan, you definitely need to check this movie. If you haven't seen this movie, um, I don't know why not. It's been around since 91. It's 30 years old now. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And this isn't isn't the movie Peter Pan. This is is Hook's movie. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is is the sequel to Peter Pan. This isn't about, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about this movie. Um, and right off the bat, man, I didn't even notice this because there's some stuff in there me and Kyle were talking about, and Kyle's like, what? He was flabbergasted, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. Yes, this movie is full of details, full of details. When the when they're flying over to, uh, when the Bannings are flying to England, the pilot's voice is that of Dustin Hoffman saying, this is your captain speaking. How appropriate. Captain Hook is the captain <laughs> of the airplane. I did not recognize that. That is fantastic that. little cameo. There's right a there. lot of little subtle details in this movie that ex- that give you the, all the hints that you need to know that this is Peter Pan and the Hook and the storyline. So learning the lines between like reality and fiction and like having a fun having fun with it or like it. Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams became best friends with director Steven Spielberg while making this movie. Reportedly after Williams' death, Spielberg decided to watch this movie out of remembrance but couldn't finish it because he couldn't stop crying for several hours. Yeah, I can certainly relate to that, especially after hearing that news too. <laughs> and here's one that floored floored Kyle too. The kissing couple who began to float when some fairy dust actually lands on them on the bridge were actually George Lucas and Carrie Fisher in a cameo. Which was shocking. Um, but now I know why I can't recognize them because I went back and watched the scene. Yeah. And it's like they're basically two dots on the spectrum where it's like, <laughs> oh, no wonder I couldn't see their faces. I would right. have no idea. But it's also really cool to know that those, those two people. Smee actually brought beer for 300 plus extras after a lengthy and complicated scene was cut. Bob Hoskins, what a troop, man. Man of the people right there, bringing beer. <laughs> uh, Dustin Hoffman's former co-star, John Voight, asked him if he could bring his children, James Haven and Angelina Jolie, to the set because they were dying to meet Captain Hook. Hoffman agreed to meet them while in costume. Jolie was 16 years old, and Hoffman described her as a tall, thin, gawky-looking girl with a mouthful of braces. <laughs> After Jolie told Hoffman she was going to be an actress, Hoffman went home to his wife and said... 
I don't think this kid has any idea what a tough road she's got. <laughs> wow. Hook. Hook. That's you're wrong, brutal. Hook. That you're is wrong. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Things turned out well for Annalie and Julie. Funny, but brutal. Coming for a um, counseling. We're excited about that. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Bob Hoskins. I would have loved to met Bob Hoskins. He just seems like a fun guy. Because he would alleviate stress on the set by singing various versions of the Lionel Richie hit, Hello, by including lyrics, lyrics Hello, it is it's me you're looking for. <laughs> That's. Oh, uh, I bet he was a. Bob I mean, he Hoskins. just sounds like my kind of guy. He man. sounds like a hoot, really. Yeah. He's like quite, quite a man. He would fit right in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, One fact for me uh, Christopher Lloyd was also considered for the role of Captain Hook. <laughs> Peter, Peter, we got to go back. <laughs> okay, your, it's about your kids, Peter. It's about your kids. I kidnapped him, Peter. <laughs> This ship, once it reaches 88 miles per hour, will fly you back to Neverland. Uh, Gutless, the mal-bearded pirate who is locked in the boo box with scorpions. Do you know who played that? Kyle? Who? Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Cool cameo. Mm. <laughs> you got something over there, Kyle? Um, James V. Hart and his family decided upon the idea of Peter Pan growing up to be a lawyer because it would be far detached from his personality. Which is true. Yeah. Nothing's further from a child than a lawyer. <laughs> Except the lawyer's it's, child. It's the two. It's the two inches of all the spectrum of morality. There's childhood innocence, and then there's lawyer. Kyle, I just came up with a brainstorm for a TV show. Remember Doogie Howser, where he was uh, the the child doctor. We're coming up with a exactly. child lawyer. Child lawyer. <laughs> two sides of the world. Child Spielberg lawyer. admitted that he was being pretty disappointment uh, disappointed with the final result of this movie because he had such a hard time working with the rebellious crew of young actors on the set, but. He said he's thankful that he made this movie as that was how he met Robin Williams and became good friends with him. So, mm-hmm. Totally understand that. I imagine this film was definitely di- very difficult to make, but also worth it for Robin Williams' um, natural charisma. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Same, from all accounts, it like he was a man impossible to love. Uh, in this movie, you'll hear the word, especially with the Lost Boys, bangarang! Bangarang! A lot of times in this movie. Do you know what it stands for, Kyle? I have no clue. What does it stand for, Jimbo? It is actually Jamaican slang for uproar, disorder, or disturbance. Mmm. Okay. Which fits the Lost Boys to a T. That's 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 a good line. Then it makes sense. Oh, here we go. Julia Roberts was named Tinker, rhymes with bell and sell and smell, which I'm not going to say the word. Yeah. Uh, because she was difficult to deal with. A reaction to her working condition of solitude and green screen. She was on green screen a lot because obviously she was a small fairy. So, mm-hmm. like I don't think she was ready for the 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 workload for that kind of job. And props, you know, film productions are always difficult. Sometimes you don't know what you're getting into until right, you sign the deal. <laughs> so. You know, yeah, Julie Roberts sounds like an alright person but in this film probably wasn't a good person to be around <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher actually did some of the uncredited re- uh, rewriting on the final draft of the screenplay which she did a lot of that later in, in her uh, career I mean not even later like, uh, like outside of being Princess Leia she, she was a script you know she was like a script doctor for decades basically like uncredited so many uncredited roles where they said like Carrie Fisher just saved movies all together right. and uh, so you know, talking about other miss actresses, you know, miss actors in the world. Uh, Carrie Fisher missed her death, too. Uh, this is crazy, too. The uh, line spoken by Rufio, you're dead, jolly man, had to be spoken backwards by Basco as the scene was shot and then played in reverse so the sword blade would come away from Robin Williams' face instead of towards it. His actual line spoken was, Na me lad, I, her, I head rye you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, fun fact also about Rufio, his look was inspired by Mad Max movies. I can see that. Which, yeah, like, as as he, totally. if you've seen Mad Max, you can see like they just it's just a clear line to Rufio. He's so clearly like a post-apocalyptic looking, looking kid. He's yeah. really cool looking. Rufio, Rufio. 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 We all love Rufio. <laughs> uh, the name of the original Lost Boys, Slightly, Curly, uh, Nibs, Toodles, and Twins, appears on the door to the Wendy's house, which I need to go look and see. I didn't really check that out when I was mm, looking. didn't notice might it. Check that again. Yeah. Um, Brenda Fricka, um, hot after her Best Actress um, in Supporting Role Oscar win with uh, My Left Foot, was originally announced to actually play Granda, Granny Wendy in her role oh, instead of uh, Maggie. Also, we had... Um, Dustin Hoffman's three children actually make appearances in this movie. Do you know who they are, Kyle? Go. Uh, the, the Terry Hoffman, Peter Hoffman, and Jack Hoffman. No. What? Oh. His youngest <laughs> son, Max Hoffman, played the five-year-old Peter Pan. His daughter, Rebecca Hoffman, played Jane in the play at the beginning of the movie. And his oldest son, Jake Hoffman, played a Little League player in Jack's baseball game. Shit in the Three Stooges instead. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Um, just like Kyle, Robin Williams' upper body and arms were shaved for this role. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get that fade going. Got it classy. You know, uh, just like an ape at work. <laughs> Peter and his family fly Pan Am Airlines to London. Uh, but exactly one week before this movie's release on December 11, 1991. Pan, or Am. Pan Am. No, actually they went out. They went out a week before on December 4th. They went out of business. So. Oh, wow. Whoops. Immediately dated in a fun way. Man, that's... <laughs> this is actually interesting, too. Um, the character of Captain Hook was inspired by Reverend John Marr, a preacher at St. George's Parish in Breed, East Sussex. At first glance, Marr appeared to be a small-town reverend who happened to have a hook in place on his left hand. He told everyone he lost it in a coach accident. No one had any reason to doubt his story until a man named Smith came to town and revealed that Marr lost his left hand in his previous career as a pirate. Apparently, Marr had a pretty successful career until he decided to strand his partner Smith in the Caribbean, return to England, and become a man of the cloth. Smith tracked down his old friend and set out to blackmail him. The pressure was too much for Marr, and paranoia drove him mad. Sir J.M. Barry visited Breed a few decades later, heard the story, and the rest is history. Wow. So that is how Hook actually came an inspiration for the actual character hook for the book. I thought that was really great. That's Especially you stranded your shipmate and he came back and found you. Found you. Yeah, he got his hand. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. I Not nearly as interesting, but another fun fact about Captain Hook is um, his, his hat in this movie has a special design on it. The gold fabric triangles near the brim encircling the hat represent the crocodile's teeth, which foreshadows his device. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fun little fact. There's a lot of little little stuff in this well, movie. A lot of clever things going on. <laughs> and you forgot to mention in your uh, cast that Phil Collins plays the inspector or whatever. Oh, remember? that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, once you get a page and a half deep, I'm like, mm. Kyle, I thought you would see him coming in the air that night. Uh, <laughs> uh, Carrie Fisher was Steven Spielberg's original prototype for Tinkerbell, which that would have been a completely different movie. Oh. <laughs> It's just the helping Obi Wan your mail. Help me, help me, Peter, <laughs> Peter Pan. You're our holy hope. You have to be hooked. Uh, Bob Hoskins reprises roles as Mr. Smee in the movie Neverland in 2011. I think he was just born to be that part. 
Um, according to an interview in People Magazine, um, Roshan Hammond, um, who plays Thud Butt in the movie, <laughs> Thud Butt, <laughs> reveals that the scene where Peter passes his sword to one of the Lost Boys was completely improvised. None of the cast knew onto whom he would pass the sword except for Robin Williams and Steven Spielberg. So the reaction of the boys are genuine. So they had no idea. And he passed it to who? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know if it was Thudbutt or not. Uh, it was it was the the heavy the rotund boy. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Do you remember his name? The guy that rolled up into a ball and went down the. Yes, that one. I can't think of his I name. I can't remember either. the rotund boy. That's what but then he give a sword because Rufio gives it back to him. Yeah, Rufio gives it back to him at the end of the movie. Robin Williams gives it up. Uh, Peter Pan gives it to the. Oh uh, yeah, because Rufio. Yes. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Kicks the bucket, as I say. Uh, <laughs> David Bowie turned down the role of Captain Hook. That would have been an interesting that choice, That would have been too. an amazing choice. Yeah. David Bowie in anything is always a great choice. Um, this was Gwyneth Paltrow's, which me and Kyle just discovered earlier, that she is the godchild of uh, Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg, which Kyle said that explains a lot of her roles. I was like, pretty much. Uh, but it was her second movie. She appears briefly as the teenage Wendy during the quick sequence as Wendy is growing up. Yeah, it's kind of surprising because, like, because you know, now nowadays, you know, yeah, Kyle was so shocked he almost fell off his studio chair. Exactly, definitely, almost fell off it. But it was definitely like, you know, nowadays she's a much more recognizable actor than she would have been, of course, when the time the film was premiered. So it is surprising, just all of a sudden, like, random actor, like, boom, with a touch of face, ha ha. <laughs> Uh, Captain Hook's actual hook was largely designed by Steven Spielberg, production designer Norman Garwood, and ambulance prop master Mark Wade. Most of them, or some of them, are made of rubber for Dustin Hoffman's fight scenes. So, keep him from scratching his eye too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Julia Roberts almost put the production into jeopardy when she fled California after her wedding to Keith Sutherland was called off. She decided to avoid the press by hiding out in Ireland. A furious Steven Spielberg reportedly threatened to fire her if she didn't return immediately. In 1999, she made the movie Runaway Bride. <laughs> so that might have been a true story. Yeah. And that's a truth to it anyways. <laughs> and it's so bad that, you know, because most of this movie, Tinker, Tinkerbell's in the air. Mm. Um, she actually had an assistant whose only job was to make sure her feet were clean. <laughs> I wow. think I need one of those in my life. Stable boy, <laughs> clean my feet. Oh, it sounds like a good gig to actually get. Like, I'm the feet washer, Julie Roberts. Like, okay, it's not a thing. It's not a weird thing. It's I get paid for this. It's a job. <laughs> I would do it if I didn't even get paid. Exactly. <laughs> I do it for free. I'm living the dream. <laughs> I get medical benefits for this. Can you believe it? Stop. Dustin Hoffman <laughs> appeared in two movies about Peter Pan. This one, and he was also in Finding Neverland in 2004. Following his appearance in this movie, close friends and former roommate Gene Hackman being calling him Hook as a joke. The name stuck, and a lot of people call him to that by his nickname to this day. That's funny. The original cut of the film ran for about three hours long. <laughs> I'd like to see it. I would like to see it, too. If there was like a director's cut, some day lying around, Spielberg got around to it, but I don't know, he's always busy with something else. Yeah. Um, there are many references to the story of Peter Pan and Wendy in Wendy's house. In the nursery, the window clasp is in the shape of Captain Hook's hook. The wall borders are painted scenes from the Peter Pan story. In Toodle's room in a, is a scale model of the Jolly Roger in a bottle. Wendy's brother's John's top hat and glasses. Uh, Wendy's youngest brother's Michael's teddy bear. And the cabinet shaped like a pirate's face with a tricorn hat. Mm -hmm. The pirate's favorite letter is the letter R. 
You know where his favorite place to eat is? Arby's. <laughs> but it, boom. Um, <laughs> this is something, too, that uh, Colin and I looked up uh, just a few minutes ago. At around 59-minute mark, exactly, Too Small, which is one of the Lost Boys, looks at Peter and says, Welcome back to Neverland, paying the man. He's kind of laughing. And if you watch Robin Williams' mouth, Robin Williams is mouthing the words with him, which was pretty cool. You could see it. Yeah. Pretty funny to see. <laughs> pretty funny. Walk, you know, working with child actors is always a challenge. You know, in a fun yeah. way. And it's rewarding, too. I'm sure Robin Williams have more than enough fun with them. <laughs> Steven Spielberg originally asked Sir Richard Attenborough to play Tools. Do you know what he's famous for, Sir Richard Attenborough? Uh, the name rings a bell, but I don't remember. He declined because he was directing a movie called Chaplin, and also later on, Spielberg did get him cast in a movie as Dr. John Hammond in Jurassic Park. Uh, oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, okay. Bob Hoskins and Robin Williams uh, sadly died within just a few months of each other in 2014. Uh, Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Peter Pan. Kyle, could he have pulled it off? Tom Hanks said? Could Tom Hanks? Could Tom Hanks? Of course, Tom Hanks is a real life Peter Pan. Mm. He's forever a child. <laughs> in my eyes, anyways. Let's just like, look at the movie big and then play it in reverse. Boom, he's Peter Pan. That's how it goes. But do you think he would be a good one? Eh, but I'm fine. He's a good actor. He can, Tom Hanks can do anything. <laughs> but I'd like to see him play Peter Pan. As Forrest Gump. Peter Pan. In Peter Pan. Pan. That's our Kelly. Wait a minute. One day I just started flying. One day I just started flying. And I decided I want to go home. Yeah. Um, Some of the famous cameos include Jimmy Buffett, who's one of the pirates who tends to steal Peter's shoes when he first arrives in the land. (laughs) We also got David Crosby, who um, in the Captain Hook intro scene shouting, Long live the Hook! Then we have the director cameo of Steven Spielberg, who leads the pirates to march on the Hook's ship with um, Jack's watch on a pillow. Then we also have uh, Spielberg um, um, getting a little uh, cameo gin with the old Peter doesn't pay attention to his kids. And then, uh, whoop, that is it for the cameos that I can find here. Nice. In the play, Captain Hook's hook is on his right hand. In this movie, the hook was placed on the left hand because Dustin Hoffman is right-handed. Makes sense. I think that's a fair compromise for a good role. Right. As he prepares to face Captain James Hook, Peter tells the Lost Boys, it's Hook or me this time. That is actually the name of one of the chapters in the play, Peter and Wendy. Hmm. Jimbo, what has eight legs, eight arms, and eight eyes? Eight pirates. That's funny, Kyle. <laughs> Everyone laughed. <laughs> we'll put a laugh track in there for all <laughs> the, the old Academy Awards standing up <laughs> golf clap. The crickets noise. <laughs> Steven Spielberg originally said this movie to be a musical as a vehicle for Michael Jackson in 1983 after the letter expressed an interest in starring in it and contributing to its soundtrack. Spielberg instead decided to focus on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom in 1984 and shelved this project until 1989 when pre-production began. And Kyle and I was talking off off air that it would have been really uh, crazy to see Michael Jackson uh, musical version of Hook uh, with the Lost Boys. Uh, Obvious jokes aside, he's also an amazing musician. (laughs) Obviously, jokes like I said. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, you know what? Now that I think about it. Is there even a musical version of Peter Pan? I know, I think there's the one with, um, 
There's the play production where uh, the lady plays Sandy Duncan, maybe? No. Uh, 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 she plays Peter Pan, and I can't remember if it's a, ver- a musical or not. I think it might be. What's her name? Look that up, Kyle. I can't I, think I, of her name. It's on the tip I, of my tongue. I want to say Sandy Duncan, but I don't think it's Sandy. It's a. Uh, I, 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 I want to say the latest movie. I think it's like 2012 or something like that. The movie Peter Pan has a like, musical adaptation. No, like, this is a uh, stage play uh, where the lady. Uh, man, my uncle would be so mad at me. We got to find it um, live on air, folks. The research is being done. We were finding the facts for you. Um. <laughs> All right. Um, in the meantime, you may be asking yourself, why couldn't the pirate crew play cards? Mar- Are you telling more jokes? Because the captain was standing on the deck. Uh, Mary Martin, Sandy Duncan, Kathy Rigby, they've all played it, it looks like. Uh, but it is a musical. It's usually played by a woman, including Mary Martin. So there you have it. I knew Sandy Duncan played one of them. See, I'm not totally stupid. I just play one on TV. <laughs> well, Kyle, you got another pirate joke. Exactly. Um, why do you, What do you call a pirate who likes to skip school? Hooky. Captain Hooky. <laughs> <laughs> Don't quit your day job, Kyle. Oh wait, <laughs> oh, uh, that hurt. <laughs> did you get the point? Um, oh, <laughs> oh man. You know uh, how much did the pirate ship cost? An oh. arm and a leg. <laughs> All right. Captain James Hook uh, isn't seen until 40 minutes into this movie. Well, clearly, I should say. he's You see parts of him, but not clearly seen. So that suspense build up throughout the movie was pretty good. Mm-hmm. What did the ocean say to the pirate Jimbo? See you later? Nothing. It just waved. <laughs> we did have this one of them TikTok videos tried out to laugh because you would definitely use because you laugh at your own jokes. It's, it's bad. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I've been called out before uh, on here. I, sh- I know the podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I read the comments too sometimes. When, uh, when Hook enters Wendy's home to kidnap the children, just as Nana, the dog, is shown, she can be heard barking before waking Toodles. It's possible to hear Nana barking woof, woof, and then it goes to like a hoof, hoof, and then eventually Hook, hook. to which Toodle then wakes up to start his hook, hook, hook. <laughs> yeah. Battle Cry. Or this it was. this movie had a ton of Oscar winners in it. It was a stat cast, really, because you had Robin Williams, Julia Roberts, Dustin Hoffman, Dame Maggie Smith, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Phil Collins, and also three Oscar nominees: Bob Hoskins, George Lucas, and Glenn Close. So, stars star studded. Yeah, and even like even the smaller actors went on to do bigger things too, like you know Danny Basco and like that with his animated role series. And all right. That stuff. So. While Peter is on his cell phone, the children are running around him. Jack stands in front of the light uh, on the porch, uh, front of the porch light, which makes his shadow grow. Well, actually, I don't think he's on the front porch, is he? He stands in front of a light. Really I think it's, room, in, it's in that like the hallway. Isn't it? Or how the lighting works is like reflecting his shadow right. back. It on makes the a wall. shadow grow large against the wall, which is obviously um, a reference. To Peter Pan growing. Basically. It happens when he's on the phone, right? So yeah. With Peter Pan and his shadow. So. Yeah. Peter Pan is growing up, and that's a problem right now. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you obviously uh, caught the reference of Good Morning Neverland, exactly. which was a shout-out to Robin Williams' movie Good, Good Morning, Morning Vietnam, Vietnam 1987. Yes. Uh, also, Toodles references Dead Poet Society when he shouts, Seize the Day, at the end of the movie. Uh, Williams uh, tells his character in Dead Poet Society uh, to Carpe Diem, which in Latin is Seize the Day. Uh, Winona Ryder was considered for the role of Tinkerbell, which 
she probably could have handled it. Probably would have been better than Julian Roberts, in my opinion. Oh, wow. <laughs> but that's also just because like, I'm a huge fan of Wyoming Ryder. So. Kevin Klein was originally set to play Peter Pan, which eh, I don't know. But he had to drop out because of his movie he was making, Soap Dish, was having major reshoots, rewrites, and taking much longer than expected to complete shooting. So, yeah, I don't know how that would have went, Kevin Klein. Mm. The child playing Peter Pan in the beginning of the movie is actually a girl. This illusion, as we have stated to most live-action Peter Pan movies, are stage plays which have a female title in the role. Um, well, go ahead, Kyle. Give me another power draw. I know you're dying to. Okay, Jimbo. What lies at the bottom of the ocean and twitches? I don't know. A nervous wreck. <laughs> I just... I can't anymore, man. I can't. You've done went off the pirates. Now you're down at the bottom of the ocean. Next thing you know, you'll have a mermaid joke. Um, Donald, <laughs> Donald Sutherland was considered to play Captain James Hook. Could you think Donald Sutherland could have pulled it off? Donald Sutherland could pull off anything he wants, so yes, I totally agree. Yeah, he could pull off. Uh, Dustin Hoffman based the voice of his Captain Hook character on that of the columnist William F. Buckley. Ooh, that is... Huh. William F. Buckley. <laughs> no, I was like, I have no idea who that no, is. I know exactly who that is, and that's the weird part. I've never heard anyone say, like, I was inspired by William F. Buckley. No one has ever said that in the history of the world, except Dustin Hoffman right here. <laughs> Yeah, here's an interesting. Dustin Hoffman, Robin Williams, and Steven Spielberg did not take salaries for this film. Their deal called for them to split 40% of TriStar's pictures' gross revenues. They were to receive $20 million from the first $50 million in gross theatrical film rentals, with TriStar keeping the next $70 million in rentals before the three uh, resumed receiving their percentages. So, I'm sure they still came out pretty okay. They made it out, yeah. Hoffman Spielberg is doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, Hoffman her. actually got this uh, role, uh, title, uh, the role for this in the early 80s before the film entered pre-production. So he was cast as Captain Hook a long time ago. He just knew about it for years. Right. That's, a, that's a weird thing to be in the industry. You're just like, I know I'm playing this role in like 10 years or uh, like 5 years. Alright, these are a couple of guys that were concerned for the role of Mr. Smee. Could they have pulled it off? Danny DeVito. Yes, absolutely. Joe Pesci. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they both could have put yeah, it up. They're the same person now. <laughs> uh, this is, uh, we talked about this earlier, the first Spielberg-directed film to receive a Razzie Award nomination, being nominated for the Worst Supporting Actress, which is Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts. I guess she just was a terror on the stage, man. Or on I, the theater. Yeah, I, you, uh, you know. know just, the filming. Yeah, yeah. The only people who really knew were the people that were there. I'm sure Julia Roberts could have stories about that where she was the victim or stories where like, she admits that she was bad. I have no idea, but, uh, you know, just... It's how productions go sometimes. Sometimes people are a nightmare to work with for one good reason or a bad reason. No one really knows. But uh, right. sadly, either way. Uh, the kid who plays Jack, would la- uh, Charlie Corsmo, would later become a lawyer in real life. So. Huh, interesting. And last but not least, um, Granny Wendy is honored at a dinner when a wing of a children's hospital is to be named after. This is early on in the movie. That's actually why they fly out there. Uh, Peter later says uh, it's the hospital at which he grew up as being on Great Ormond Street. J.M. Barry, who I believe was the creator of Peter Pan, the book, donated the copyright to the Peter Pan books to the Great Ormond Street Hospital. Hmm. So they definitely kind of went out of their way to kind of honor the story, and they really did. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle. Got a joke before we go to your thoughts on the movie. All right. What did the pirate pay for his earrings? A buccaneer. Kyle. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. 
Okay. <laughs> but one last just like um, piece of praise for the film itself and not just a random pirate joke. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> really impressive seeing um, Maggie Smith playing Granny Wendy and how well they did the makeup to age her up. Oh, yeah. Because originally, uh, for the time of the film's production, she was in her age about 50 and now she's about 80 years old. And for the film, they aged her up to about 80. So, like, the movie so seeing so what Maggie's, you see in the movie is what she is now what she looks like now and to an almost uncanny degree where like you believe that she's almost always like that for the past 30 years <coughs> even though it's clear that actually like she's been like it's just they did a perfect job to make it like they accurately predicted what she looked like 30 years later and it's really really impressive so uh um shout out to the costume to the makeup and costume artists there who like really age her perfectly and uh, Maggie Smith, also a terrific actor. <laughs> so just one last piece of praise. So, Jimbo, what do you think? Ask me questions. I don't know. Do what you want to do. I asked you what you thought of the movie. Oh, what and I Then you went down this rabbit trail about Maggie Smith's makeup. Well, I, yes, no, you asked her a pirate joke. Oh, do you want another pirate joke? I could probably find one. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, you know, what do you call a pirate with two eyes and two legs? Two pirates. <laughs> a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> that one was funny. wrong. Uh, so okay. what did you think of the movie Hook? What did I think of the movie Hook? I think this is an excellent family film. Um, I think it was underrated for the time. Um, it didn't deserve to have like a rash or something like that. It was a excellent film that um, I feel like it's probably on like the lower end of Spielberg's work overall, but still a great film to watch with your family at any age. Um, it holds up perfectly fine today. It's an excellent story about a uh, uh, you know. A father learning to reconnect with his kids and reclaim his innocence, and also um, kids understanding how um, that you don't have to lose your innocence to be a grown up. You know, and that's a great thing to kind of a, a great message to send to um, adults and to children. And so overall, it was a very entertaining film and a very uh, a positive message film that I thoroughly enjoyed. So overall, I recommend anyone watch it and everyone watch it. Um, Jimbo, what do you think of the movie? Excellent movie. This is, um, like I told you earlier, I think this is when Robin Williams is probably at his best. I like Dead Poets Society too. Um, and I know you should like uh, Good Morning Vietnam and um, Patch Adams is good too. He's just a good actor, um, Jumanji. Um, this but, is definitely like Robin Williams on on full cylinders as he was like all his movies. Like this is like it's like it occupies the same company of all his other great movies. Like, right. It, it's not like it brought them all together. It seemed like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not it's not better than all of his other movies but occupies the same space where it's like it's clearly in the same company like there's movies like he may not have been as good in but like you know this is like in his top tier echelon like this is like if you like Robin Williams you watch Hook you watch those other movies too like Patch Adams and mm-hmm. like Death Poets Society like that. I think I you think know. he was excellent cast I, you know we talk about Tom Hanks and all that and it's one of those things where you don't know how you feel about it until you would actually see him there but I, I don't think I would want anybody else in this role Dustin Hoffman the same way he killed it loved it uh, perfectly cast there too. Mm-hmm. Um, even Tinkerbell, Julia Roberts, it was okay. Um, she did fine. You know, I mean, it wasn't nothing. Yeah, I didn't have like, anything bad to say like, about yeah, her. Like, you know, you know, the answer is like in an alternative world where they were cast with these other actors, like they would have been fine movies, but they also would have been different movies and like mm-hmm. so a different kind of appreciation. So although like those movies could have been good too, I still love what we got now for Oh Williams yeah, and, you know, and Dustin Hoffman, yeah. um, and Roberts. You know, having the uh, the dad making time for his kids, um, and then he didn't really know what he had till they were gone. Um, I thought that was a... And it tugs at your heartstrings, this movie does, um, because he's like, you know, he's like, no, I'm Peter Peter Panning. You know, Panning. You know, he's on Hook. He's like, no. He's like, you know, when Hook's out there and he's got his his, his glasses on, looking, no, this is Peter Pan? No. Really? No, yeah, it's no. impossible. Yeah. Yes, no. Yes, no. Panning, yes. <laughs> 
Uh, and, you know, this is where he tells him, hey, you want to just fly up there and get him? And, you know, he tries to climb up there and he ends up falling off, hanging upside down or whatever. And, and he's like, Smee, you know, you promised me a big war. What happened? You know, what happened to him? He's like, he forgot. And this is, I think, where Tinkerbell says, you want a war, you know, give me a week or three days or whatever it is and I'll, I'll have your war or whatever. Um, yeah, I love all the little uh, nods to the, the, the cartoon and the, the story, the book. Um, if you pay close attention, there's a lot more that we didn't even cover because uh, we could talk about this film for another two hours probably. When you get in that area of a $70 million film, like that's like there's stories around everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, well, Steven Spielberg knocked it out of the park with this one. It's still a really good soundtrack. Um, you know, you sit there and listen to the soundtrack, you get mesmerized by it. I think it's really well done, um, and it's, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Absolutely. I um, totally agree. And I can sit down and watch this anytime and not ever be uh, bored, bored, by, like, bored it's, or it's, anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's I mean, you know, you remember the part where, like, he falls into the water, makes him walk, he gets knocked off the plank, and then the mermaids are, like, blowing water into his mouth and all that. You know, it's just good stuff, man. And then yeah. the fight scenes with the food, you know... My favorite, I forget what's the Rotund kid, I forget, but he, you know, he, he's got that look on him, he's going to eat that fake hamburger, dude, and he's like, oh he no, so oh no, like, oh. Oh. <laughs> his face lights up, and then, you know, when when Peter Pan starts believing, then the whole food fight's going on, you know, mm-hmm. flipping stuff, and then they start the name calling, you know, and... And they're like those colored mashed potatoes and the weird, like, aesthetic and like that. Right. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a surprisingly strange movie in just the general aesthetics a little bit. It goes a little bit out there in terms of, like, fantastical kind of items to kind of see, but it doesn't make light of them in a really weird way, so, like, it's just, it's just there in the background to appreciate and enjoy, which kind of, like, savors that point where, like, it never gets boring because there's always something just a little bit peculiar about every little scene that I appreciate right so excellent movie i uh, hope everyone checks it out kyle you got one more pirate joke for the road uh no i don't <laughs> oh he's used them all I've, I've used all my pirates joke up i am out of booty <laughs> that's good, that's good wow <laughs> wow let's just uh let's just bury your jokes in the treasure x marks the spark i'll give again <laughs> i'll come back for this i'll be back on the next We'll do Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) I'm going to be ready to go again. Uh, Well, I think this episode's coming close. Next week, um, I do believe we are turning into a more serious movie. Um, Like Teen Wolf and this one, they've been fun. Um, But Kyle suggested a movie I've never seen before. At least I don't think I've seen before. It's called In the Heat of the Night. Um, If you want to give a quick uh, telling of what that movie is, Kyle. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Yeah. A black detective is traveling um, to a through a rural um, city in the middle of the night, and is accused of a murder that very same night. And um, later proves his own innocence, and then goes on to solve the murder, basically. Right. Um, so. And with a with a racist sheriff, so like there's a lot of a. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> racial tensions, racial tensions, and uh, murder mystery going on, and some more um, heavier themes going on for sure. Right. I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah. So. Well, with that being said, until next week, this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap. And cut.